It's the David Angus Show, episode 48. I'm Angus. And I am Dave. And what's the plan here? We've got a post-apocalyptica. Yes. Where an Angus once again excels. Well, you pissed the narrator guy off pretty good. Who knew he was such a fragile bitch? Well, come on. Fragile, Dave. You're hard to work with. Bitch, Dave. I feel like it's self-evident, though. Whatever. This episode, we're also going to talk about our favorite grunge bands of all time. Top five. I thought it was a top ten. I told you a top ten, so you'd be prepared. Did you even make a list? And Angus takes this shit serious as fuck, Dave. You didn't make a list, did you? And Angus's list of favorite bands is in his head, Dave. Whatever. We're doing top five grunge bands. The definitive list. It can't be definitive if it's your opinion. I make it empirical, Dave. Right, well, more nonsensical words and dumb fuckery on this week's Dave and Angus Show. It's Dave and Angus. Yeah. It's Dave and Angus. It's Dave and Angus. Dave and Angus Show right now. Let's go. Now, today, before we get to another episode of Post-Apocalyptica, followed by an Angus Blackburn Jr.'s top five grunge bands of all time, which should be insufferable. You and I both know that people want to know what I know. Ugh. Whatever. Before that crap, we're going to talk about, you know, killing you guys. It's been brought to our attention that some of you want to die in Post-Apocalyptica. Yeah, and we'd be happy to make that happen. And we're going to do it to our patrons first. Yeah. Starting next week, we're killing patrons. And in case our NSA guy is confused, we're talking about a fictional post-apocalyptic world that is a cartoon. Right. Anyway, let's murder the listeners, Dave. Well, we do love how interactive we can make this podcast. That's right. So this first round of killings. Which is next week, not this week. Right, there's only fat cats this week, so calm down. Angus, have some couth, would you? Couth? What is that, like cake? What? Are you telling me to eat cake, Dave? What? Are you offering me cake? Well, next week on Post-Apocalyptica, things are going to get bloody. And kind of name-droppy. Yeah, but we appreciate our patrons very, very much. So we look forward to killing you in the post-apocalyptic universe. This might be absolutely awful. Well, I feel like that might fit the brand for Scat Cast, Dave. Okay. I mean, besides me, it's a shit show here, Dave. Um, is that right? We all know I carry this program, man. You don't say. I'm the voice of Liam, man. Yeah. I narrate the Nurse Fairy Rhymes. You do. And the Storytime Classics. There's only been one. Calm down. I narrate today's post-apocalyptica. You lobbied for that so hard you made everybody sad. And I basically am the bonus features for the Litterbox Patreon shit. No, you're not. There's Gunner Halifax. Nobody likes that show. No, there's Time Traveling Jesus. People find that offensive. Now there's Santa Claus Crime Fighter shorts in there. That's like seasonal. A, a lot of us contribute to Scatcast, you Whatever, know. Dave. And then I got this show and post-apocalyptica and I'm just killing no. it, you know? But if you don't say so yourself. Next thing you know, they're going to want me on the Just a Ride podcast to show Jeff how to fucking tie his shoes right for himself. Yikes. You know, maybe I can teach Shaden how to properly form a fucking G chord. Do you know he dropped D's, that shit? Drop D's. Yeah, it's guitar talk, Dave. I'm sure the listener is eager to know that Shaden often dropped D's his G chord. Yeah, I'll drop D your face, Dave. Right. I'm, I'm currently surprised that Monique doesn't have me doing the research for the dipshit files, you know, mm. but I'm busy, so I couldn't anyway. Right, you go check out a YouTube video from David Icke or something. David Icke's not allowed on YouTube, Dave. Catch up with the times, would you? What do you say we get started with the dumb show? All right, post-apocalypticus coming up, but hey, Dave, what's your number five all-time grunge? My number five all time was Stone Temple Pilots. All right, that's acceptable. I personally feel like the greatest grunge song of all time was Interstate Love Song. E, now you're stepping on dicks, Dave. It's just a personal opinion, but I thought it was the most perfect song of the 90s. Well, laddie fucking da, Dave, you mainstream cunt. Goddamn. All right, so what was your number five? Grunt Truck. I remember Grunt Truck. Here, I got a sample on my phone. Hold on. Wait, there's an ad. Let, let me skip it. Let me skip it. Booby Q, shut up. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Yeah. Yeah, Good I remember shit. this song, yeah. Yeah. Tribe. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. And then the drums come in, Dave. Yep. They're going to come in right here like boom. Yep. Well, maybe not there. They're going to come in here in a second, though. They come in right yep. here. Boom. Yep. Well, then the drum, or, the drums are going to come in here in a minute, Dave. Right. Like, well, there, see yep. the drums. Okay. Oh, you get it. All right. So that's the song. Yeah, that's the song Tribe from Grunt Truck. Right. Well, maybe I should play more so you can hear the singing guy, right? Yep. Let's play the singing guy. Okay. Singies. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. Maybe I can fast forward a little bit. We got shorter tension spans here now. No, just play it. How do it's I? Com- it's coming up. No, it's, I don't no. want to see a booby cube commercial. Hold on. Just play the song. It's right. The singing's right yeah. now. It's coming uh, up. Get up. Yeah. yeah. Wanna get some of that, Dave? Yeah. You feeling that shit, baby? Well, it's not uh. loud. Yeah. yeah. 
Yep. You know you want to go fucking download this shit right now. Well, Seattle mm-hmm. band, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Red. He wants a cigarette, yep. which yeah, I don't even know if you can buy those anymore. Yep. 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 They're like $13 a pack. Right. Okay. That's enough. Can we get to the show now? We got to get right. to the show. All right. That's enough. That's my number five, though. All right. Well, post-apocalyptica season two, episode what? Two? Fuck if an Angus knows. Right. Well, it'll begin right after these messages. Ah, for fuck's sake. I told you the new Wagyu burger was bad. Yeah, I had it, you know, underwhelming. But it's a burger. Yeah, well. From Arby's. Give me a break, Arby's. I've had a lot of burgers. And you didn't like our 40% Wagyu burger? No. What'd you do? Fry that shit? Maybe. Underwhelming Arby's. Did you try it with our Arby's and horsey sauce? No, you put some other weird sauce on there, so I didn't know to put the sauces on there. Fuck. You gotta try it with our Arby's and horsey sauces. Well, then don't put other fucking weird sauces on there. Arby's, eat the meats with our sauces, you dumb fuck. Hi, Wendy here. My father was Dave Thomas, the founder of Wendy's, and I'm here to urge you entrepreneurs, don't name your businesses after your children. It's hard enough to go through childhood and adolescence, but when you name a building, or a franchise, or a Baconator after your daughter, the kids will find out about that, and it will become a thing. And since you're an entrepreneur, you'll be too busy fucking doing your thing to notice the thing that's being done to your kid because you named the fucking store after your kid. At the very least, if you've already gone and named the fucking store after your stupid fucking kid, god fucking damn it, do not make the logo their face. I really can't stress that one enough. Or at least change them into a bunny rabbit or something. Look, fuck, I know some of you are thinking about this right now. I know what's going through your heads. I love this business. I've worked so hard to build it, but I also suck at naming things. Oh, I know. What else do I love? My fucking kid. Let's put his dumb fucking face on millions upon millions of fucking cups and wrappers. You know, my face is in the ocean choking seals as we speak. Do you know what that does to a person? Of course you don't. No, you're busy doing business. And here I am watching a Netflix Greenpeace documentary with my friends, and there's my face killing a seagull. Sure, it was just a wrapper and a straw, but there I was. Was I complicit? I don't think so, but I lost some friends that day, and that's why I'm qualified to speak for the abused and forgotten mascots of America. I'm not alone in my plight. Your local town is filled with Debbie's and Little Pete's Cake Place, and that shit might be fine, maybe not, but being the mascot of a business is hard fucking work, and it costs a lot. I mean, think about it. Do you remember the Noid? The what? Back in the day, Domino's Pizza had the Noid. Oh yeah, that annoying thing. Oh, nice. What? The campaign said to avoid the Noid. Yeah, that's right. And people fucking did. Oh. And it drove him to a life of crime. How oh, did he get into drugs and like- He murders people and fucks their dead carcasses. Huh. Words matter, people. Sure. And so does using your child's face as a fucking logo for your business. Do not fucking do that. I'll tell you something I can't do anymore. Wear pigtails. I can't tell you how many times I've been stopped on the street. Hey, are you Wendy from Wendy's? Yes, I am, I would say. And they would say, your Baconator gave me diarrhea. I'm not sure if you know how it feels to be in that situation. It's not great. I didn't give them diarrhea. Fuck, it's a franchise. Some guy named Robbie Bob probably owns it. But I'm responsible for your gastrointestinal problems. And look, I've lived a good life. My father was beloved. And we're still in business for reasons that I'm not aware of. But for fuck's sake, if you're thinking about naming your company after your child and then putting their fucking face as your logo on everything, take it from me. You should think that shit through. Especially if you have products called Wendy's Freshly Stuffed Pitas. The kids on the playground are very creative. They don't fucking need your help. So don't fucking do it. And you can support me and the foundation that I work for, the abused and forgotten mascots of America. Also, please stop tagging me in photos where garbage with my face on it is killing wildlife. Thank you. End of the world. Shut up.
What up? Angus here. I'm narrating this bitch this time. Oh, boy. Narrator guy said he's sick of my face, Dave. I feel that. Hurt my feelers, man. You better narrate. I'm in Spokane with zombies and these dorks kicking ass. Once upon a time, there was an Angus. Oh, this is gonna suck. And this is my story. I used to be a podcaster. Probably the best that ever was. And when the zombie apocalypse came, you remained insufferable. And Angus had to learn to adapt. So he watched 90s action movies all day. And adapt he did. Into a zombie killing machine. Angus, it's likely these zombies can be cured. We shouldn't kill any of them. I've killed thousands of zombies. You haven't killed thousands of zombies. And Angus lived alongside a dude that used to live in his tool shed. That's me. Dave said. Oh, fuck. And his dad. What the fuck are we doing? And his only non-zombie son. I think my dad lost his mind. And yes, he's named after Roger Clemens, baseball player. I go by RC. The Chitron said. This is gonna be a long episode. We're gonna go. And together, the four of us had many adventures. It's a miracle we're alive. And many of those adventures revolved around Dave's addiction to chips. What? We were out getting food. That's a food I like. Get fucked. Dave likely has scurvy. Okay, Mr. Twinkie. I eat Twinkies all the time. Dave babbled. I fucking hate this episode. Now let an Angus get you up to speed. Throughout our many adventures across the wasteland, which may or may not have included many plot lines, it just kind of fizzled out with no kind of resolution. The, the show's not over yet. One of the script writers clamored. I really hate this episode. During the course of those adventures, we've met a few folk. Not that many. We've met drifters and pirates and cannibals and government cunts. Well, technically, there is no government. We even stumbled across our old co-worker, Steve. <laughs> Zombie Steve would have said. Yikes. And we kept Steve around like a pet. <laughs> and he remained docile most of the time. Because <laughs> we dosed him with my dad's moonshine. What's going on? It's been hypothetical that my father's moonshine is saving the world. It might be part of a serum, perhaps. Dave, wah, wah, wah. Fuck you. Some government folk that we met believe we didn't turn into zombies like the rest of the cunts because of my daddy's moonshine. Which I guess kind of makes sense, maybe. And so my father has been tasked to make as much as he can. You talking about my beans? He said, holding a knife out, looking like he's gonna cut a bitch. Will you fucking stop it with your beans? My compatriot replied. My... People get strange in the wasteland. Some people hoard beans. They're my beans. Some people hoard chips. I'm not fucking hoarding chips. I just like chips. Some people hoard porn magazines like this kid. Hey, leave me out of this. He said, thinking I didn't know. Whatever. Angus, you hoard tons of shit. Dave said desperately. But then Angus only hoarded cool shit. Oh my god. And when you hoard cool shit, it's called collecting. Yeah. Like, I've been collecting ninja swords, because they're cool. Yeah, yeah. You hoard chips, Dave, because yeah. you got a shit ton of chips, and chips ain't cool, Dave, despite what Dorito says about the ranch flavor. I have a lot of foods that I'd like to eat, so I don't have to go out and be around zombies every fucking other day. The chip hoarder said as he thought about hoarding more chips. From what we've asked and chained, what? about 90% of the world turned into zombies because of some bacteria or some shit. The truth is, it was the fault of some sciencey folks. No. They microwaved a woolly mammoth that was found in an ice cube, and then it let a fart out, and then zombie apocalypse. That is not what people think. That's what I think. That's not what smart people think. Dave said more babblingly. Get me out of this episode. And as the four of us, plus zombie Steve, went along, <laughs> we encountered what we call fat cats. They just showed up, really, just out of nowhere. And we quickly became the premier zombie fighting team in the world. That's a little presumptuous, wouldn't you say? Dave whinged. Fuck this episode. And being the strategical genius that I am, I broke us up into three teams. Gold, red, and blue. No one pays attention to that. Quiet, Dave. Minus one point. We are not doing that merit-based crap. Dave said, losing minus two Angus Bucks. Oh I call my social credit system Angus Bucks. I hate this so much. Now, over the weeks, the Fat Cat family and my family have become like a bigger family. And then there's also Zombie Steve. Hey, come on. And you, dear listener, are coming in at a time where we're missing one of our own. That's Donald Fisher, the shitbox wizard. He's out there with Zombie Steve. So two of our own. Dave said, stepping on the narrator's dick. This episode's making my head hurt. Now, currently, I have the red team and the blue team out there looking for old Don. And Zombie Steve. Dave interrupted. Now, red team consists of Jose Montez, Chris Eason, 
And of course, uh, you know, down the shitbox wizard. So they're kind of looking for their teammate out there. Sick of this fucking episode. What's that, Dave? I can't hear you mumbling. Fuck your dumb fucking face. Dave said, thinking about his next score of chips. <laughs> and the blue team consisted of Sean Burrick, Jason Clayser, and Matthew Pernar. The only bright spot of this episode. And while it was obvious to everyone that these fat cats were very capable human beings, it was even more obvious that they were lucky to be under the leadership of, you know, without a doubt, the biggest kind of left alive yeah, on earth. What you meant to say was former podcast legend, no. current elite zombie killing general, no. and probably future president of Earth, <laughs> you know, me. I will start a fist fight in the writer's room if somebody wants to fucking make you president at the end of this show. I am the master that makes a grass grain day. Fuck you. Whatever. We're on the hunt for Don and Zombie Steve. And you can hear more of my awesome adventures after oh these messages. Smash your boobs into booby cubes. Your boobs become the cube. And other women will respect you. And if not respect you, they will at least fear you. Booby cubes, show the world what you're willing to do to get ahead. Cram your tits into some boxes today with booby cube bras. Hi, I'm Scott with AMC Cinemas. Inviting you to experience the AMC difference. Treat yourself to the very best in cinema quality shit. Like the Dolby Cinema Sound. Our massive IMAX experience. And come see for yourself the real D3D experience. And do it in our innovative seating. We've got full-on recliners with cup holders and, and armrests. And we were thinking about putting in some that will caress your balls for you. Please just come back to the theaters. Fuck. Our industry is dying, you sons of bitches. What, you'll only go to the theater if there's a comic book cunt? Do you want to live in a country where people do not gather, pay $86 for popcorn, and not be in their pajamas, pet their dog, watching a movie that they could probably watch on Netflix in like a month? You really want to live in that world? It's not my fucking fault they won't make good movies. Hollywood is in their self-righteous teaches lessons phase. They do it all the time. Remember the 90s? Don't take it out on the theaters. We want to live. And our overhead is fucking ridiculous. AMC Theaters. A couple more years like this and we'll have our stockholders offering you hand jobs next to the Applebee's dumpster. AMC Theaters. It's seriously pretty fun to go to a movie. I don't know if you noticed. Remember when we all watched Star Wars together? <laughs> and we return to the post-apocalyptica that I'm narrating because narrator guy's mad at me or some shit. Now when Angus led his gold team, more of this, which consisted of his father, his son, and Dave the whiny one who I was thinking about kicking out and throwing into Red Group. Happy to join Red Group. And the search continued. What am I doing out here? My dad asked Dave. Steve and Donald Fisher are missing, Abe. So? So they're our friends. We're gonna try and find them. Dave reasoned. But my dad was paranoid as fuck about his beans. This is a conspiracy against my beans, he said, but it really wasn't. Nobody gives a fuck about beans. I don't even like beans, Grandpa. Are you sure you're a Blackburn? Yes. But only his mother was really sure. Hey. Now, as we searched the Riverfront Park area over and over again, Shitbox Wizard! We were unaware that Don and Steve had been walking for miles down Sprague Avenue. Don't bite! Donald Fisher said as Zombie Steve did indeed bite. <laughs> Zombie Steve said hungrily. Where are we? Uh, We're lost and it's your fault. Donald Fisher said behind his cool Fallout 4 mask. Uh, Stop biting me, Zombie Steve. But Zombie Steve had no intention of discontinuing his biting. Uh, you need your medicine. Don pleaded from behind his cool mask. Uh, but Zombie Steve was notorious for making it very difficult for you to administer medicine to him. Uh, Don't look at me like that. Uh, but Zombie Steve indeed looked at Don like that. And also continued to bite Don. Ouch, Zombie Steve. Uh, now, now since Zombie Steve had bit us all several times in the past... Uh, each of us carried a fanny pack full of moonshine. Uh, the perfect doses to keep Zombie Steve from being a zombie dickhead. Uh, but old Donald Fisher decided, what the fuck? You need your medicine. Uh, and for some reason, Don administered six times the normal dose. That's better, right, Zombie Steve? But that depended on the point of view, because Zombie Steve kind of liked being a zombie and biting people. 
Especially Donald Fisher. No biting. I just want a nibble. No, not even a nibble. But the high dose of my daddy's moonshine zombie serum had Steve all fucked up. What's happening? What was happening is that he was transforming back to man form from zombie form. Uh, what the fuck? Welcome back, regular Steve. And then regular Steve bit down in the neck. Stop biting me, semi-regular Steve. No. And those two walked further and further away from Red, Blue, and my gold team. We have to get back. What the fuck is going on? Life was a fog to former zombie Steve. Meanwhile, shit was hitting the fan back at the clock tower, but we'll check that out right after these messages. Skycast Earball Candy presents... Based on a horrifying true story. Captain, there's been an accident. What is it? You know that drug cartel that we've been chasing? Obviously. One of their airplanes full of drugs crashed in the forest. Wait, what? There's a bunch of narcotics laying around the forest. Okay, well, that's probably not good. Two men tasked to save a county. We gotta keep this under wraps. Why? If the kids find out there's a bunch of free drugs in the fucking forest. Oh, yeah, that's right. But humans weren't the only things interested in the drugs. The squirrels were the first to change. Then the deer. Plus, everybody knows bears are on cocaine all the time. But what we least expected happened next. Is that more squirrels on bath salts? No. What is it then? You will not believe it. I mean, I was just terrorized by squirrels on bath salts for two hours. We're dealing with something worse than squirrels. Damn it. Is that the cocaine bears again? We have been through a lot in this county, but there was nothing like Sasquatch on crack. Wait, Bigfoot's real now? Even as the cracked out Sasquatch was ripping my partner apart, he remained skeptical. I don't really believe in Bigfoot. But one of them just ripped your arms off. Coming in 2023 after cocaine bear success, bring the whole family to see Crack Squatch. It's the Crack Squatch. Wait, what's a Crack Squatch? It's a Sasquatch on crack run, you fuck. Nobody meant for this to happen, but it did happen. And our little town will never be the same. Crack Squatch killed me. Please don't kill me, Crack Squatch. I'm sorry. Crack Squatch. Crack Squatch, sir. Oh, you fucking talk too? Goddamn. Coming to a theater near you at some point if they still exist or whatever. Crack Squatch. Sure, a bear on cocaine's pretty good, but try an eight foot tall monkey man on crack. Plus, we threw in cocaine bears just for fun, because you know how we do that in Hollywood. Crack Squatch. Hello. The Damon Anger Show, episode 48 on the Scatcast Network, returns now. Now, among the biggest problems of the zombie apocalypse is the zombies. Holy shit. They're slow, they're dumb, they're fugly, and they bite. They definitely bite. Now, contrary to some movies, if they bite you, you do not turn into a zombie. Thank God, because we'd all be fucking zombies. Right. Or, my daddy's moonshine has made us immune even to the bites. I don't think you become zombies with bites. Dave said annoyingly. Oh, this episode sucks. Now, during our search for Don and Zombie Steve, we found that the zombies in this area are not from here. No. And the theory that zombies move from east to west is kind of confirmed here. We've got a wave of cheesehead zombies. Now, there's some Minnesotans in here, too, as well. I saw some Michigan folk. You want to keep our eye out for those Minnesotans? They punch hard. I'll do that. Dave said douchebaggingly. Oh, my God. This episode. And so, because the behavior of the zombies has become a kind of overwhelming. The red, blue, and gold teams have kind of involuntarily kind of come together. Let's whoop some zombie ass. Jason Kleiser said fuck yeah, bro. Matthew Bernard said swinging around his ninja sword. <laughs> we made it through worse. Sean Burrett said ready to flick on his fucking flamethrower. Fuck yeah. That's when Jose Montez turned to the group and said, I don't even like pancakes. Then put a toothpick in his mouth like a bad motherfucker. Oh my. Also, we did a cool move with his gun. There's gotta be hundreds of these zombie fucks. Chris Eason said as he awaited my commands to fire up his flamethrower. We just gotta make it to the gates of the clock tower and we'll be fine. Dave said knowing he he wasn't a strong runner. What the fuck does that mean? I'm faster than you. He said, out of his mind with fear. God damn it, Angus. Can we just shoot these zombies already? I'm hungry. My son said, kind of bored of the zombie horde at this point. We've done this like 50 times. He complained teen angstedly. Well, they're just so slow and dumb. Well, the truth about zombies was they weren't as terrifying as you'd think. I mean, they suck. They do bite, but some of them, they just gum you. They've been biting so many things, they don't even have teeth left. Well, gumming still hurts. Dave whined like a bitch. Fucking. Now, because I knew we had been fucking around with the flamethrowers quite a bit previously to this and probably hadn't refilled 
killed him. Uh-oh. I was a bit nervous to have Easton and Burrett fire up the flamethrowers. I got some juice. Yeah, me too. Then light those motherfuckers up, I said. Yeah. And they did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, the problem with flamethrowers is they don't last very long. I'm out. I'm out, too. But they had just made a big enough hole in the zombie horde for us all to run through and get to the clock tower. Five minutes late, yeah. When we reached the underground garage underneath the clock tower, our home for these long months, we realized some dumb motherfucker left the goddamn door open and a bunch of zombies got in. Put the bookshelf up against the door. Dave said a little too late for thattingly. Don't worry, the beans are secure. My dad said, holding a single can of baked beans. I'll protect you. Our entire team was trapped in a small room in the basement of the clock tower. Right. Now, there have been several times during this post-apocalyptica that I felt my life was in danger. But hearing those zombies ravage through my Jean-Claude Van Damme movie collection, I thought for sure this was the end. And slowly I started to listen to my teammates lose their minds. Well, the only way out of here is through that door. Dave said, shaking and crying. What the fuck are you talking about shaking and crying? He sobbed. I am not fucking sobbing. Everyone in the group thought about slapping Dave to help him gain some composure. Oh my god, I hate this. But then an Angus had a bright idea. Let's shoot our way out, I said, bad as fuckingly. We're low on ammunition. Dave, want, want, want again. I looked at each of my crew, except for Donald Fisher because he was out there fucking around with Zombie Steve. I looked at each of them and said, you will probably have to sacrifice your life for me because you see at this point, I was basically their king. Holy fuck. Now as king of the zombie apocalypse, things weren't looking good in my kingdom. Now to escape that room, let's just say people are still counting fingers and eyeballs. But I told you before, me and my fat cats are the best in the world. Everybody's injured. We're all fucked up. Dave was very much a cup half empty kind of person. I'm not. But now I look around and I see my crew look more like pirates than before. I lost my beans. My dad said as he was still mourning the loss of a single can of beans. Those beans were innocent. Each of us had lost much during this ordeal. And as we drugged the headless, unanimated corpses out of our headquarters, and Angus realized we probably couldn't stay at the clock tower no more. We've been saying that since season one. Dave spooged from his face. Fuck you. We'd have to head west and look for mom. The child squeaked. Mm. And because I liked the group to feel like they had some sort of voice, we had a vote. I vote we go west. Dave barfed. West is where mom is. My son squawked. I vote west, asshole. Language, you little half-grown gonad gremlin. Dude, I vote we go west. Jason Clayser said, putting his sunglasses on, the wind kind of brushing through his hair. Yeah, I also vote we go west. Matthew Pernar said as he swung his ninja sword about all kick-ass like, you can count on my blade. He said as he looked over at Jason Clayser and Jason Clayser looked right back at him because only those two know how close that fucking sword got to Jason Clayser's ear. Sorry, man. I'm good. It was very close. I vote we go find the boy's mother. Jose Montez said gentlemanly. Let's go fucking west. Chris Easton said as he slapped Jose Montez on the back. Hello there. We're gonna go look for a single zombie in a sea of millions. Easton said kind of pessimistically losing one Angus buck. Stop fucking doing that! Dave said, also losing an Angus buck. I hate this! Now I look to Sean Burrett for his vote as if it mattered. If we're gonna fight zombies, we should go someplace warm and nice, Sean Burrett said. And I got his point, but I didn't like how he was digging on Spokane. I didn't mean like that, I mean like with snow. He said, and he was right. Yeah. Fighting zombies in this snow sucks donkey ass. Yeah. But little did Burrett know I was docking him two Angus bucks for being a little bit too toxic. Stop doing that shit! Dave was in the negative Angus bucks. I'm fucking proud of that! Dave said as he teetered toward getting thrown into the red team. I'll join red team until we get Don back. Oh, and that Don and Zombie Steve. I bet you were wondering what happened to them. Well, there's still that sizable zombie horde outside, so we can't really go outside for a bit. Dave said, trying to steal my narrator gay. You're talking at me. Hey, wubbity bubbity. This is my least favorite episode. Zombie Steve and Don, they were out there. But now Zombie Steve was more like just normal Steve. You know, of all the people I've bit so far, you're my favorite. Eat shit, Zombie Steve. I'm serious, it tastes great. Whatever, Zombie Steve. But Don did taste great because he used Amara B products available at AmaraB.com. That's fair. And then sort of not zombie Steve bit down. Oh, 
Ouch, zombie Steve. This is how you taste so good, Don. Fuck you, semi-normal Steve. And it kind of went on and on like that for quite some time. On the plus side, zombie Steve was a little more coherent, and he was from fucking Spokane, so he was leading them back to the clock tower. If I could just have, you know, a nibble off your ear. Look, semi-zombie Steve, the clock tower. Yeah, yeah, reunited with the dingleberries, just a nibble. Not happening. But it would happen several more times before they reunited with the rest of us. Join us next week to see if we find my wife or even try. Susan. So I guess Don and Zombie Steve just kind of found themselves. And yes, I'm back. It was painful listening to Angus do that shit. Join us next week for more terrible crap. And we'll probably kill some scat cats and inside scoopers. Why not? See you next week, cunts. It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world. And it's It's the end of the world. I don't like it, but I'm here to live it. He's gonna die. Get the fuck out of here. The David Angus Show will be right back after these messages. I apologize in advance. Hey, look, it's Jake from State Farm. Oh, hey, whoever you are. You're here to sell us some fucking insurance, Jake. No, I'm just here to get a coffee like the rest of you. Are you sure you don't want to interrupt what we're doing so you can sell us insurance, Jake? No, I'm, you know, I'm not in the commercial right now. We're doing Are you sure you don't want to do a commercial right now, Jake? No, I just want to get a coffee. Well, now would be a convenient time for a commercial for me and not in the middle of my favorite fucking show, Jake. I'm sorry, man, I'm just an actor and a thing. You know that I can't afford a charger? (laughs) Be a good neighbor. Don't interrupt my shows, you fuck. Hello, I'm an actor here to teach you about what to do in case a nuclear bomb goes off. Wait, what? It's just normal protocol. Don't worry about it. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, why don't we just talk hypothetically of what might happen if a nuclear bomb landed directly on this city? Wait, who were you with? I'm with the government. Why are we doing this? We're the government. We're here to help with all things. Mm-hmm. You just want to be prepared. You want to know where your fire exits are, your fire extinguisher. Those make sense. You want to know how to use 911. Definitely. Things like weather warnings. Yeah. And what to do if there's a mushroom cloud in your town square. Okay, that one. That one's weird. Normal stuff. Do you know something we don't know? Just Routine PSA. Are we in danger? Let's start with the basics, okay? What the? Do you have a fallout shelter? Holy. When the big one goes off, you definitely don't want to go outside. Why are you doing this? And you have less of a chance of being vaporized if you get on the floor. Ah, we recommend face down. The government's spending money to tell me this. It's just a normal PSA. No big deal. Don't read into it. Okay. So when you get to the bomb shelter, you're going to be assigned a little color-coded number, like this one. You should be getting yours in the mail in three to six weeks, depending on how, you know, some negotiations go. Okay, you know something. No, things are going to be fine. Okay, stay away from the windows, right? And for more tips on how to survive the real apocalypse that governments are probably doing. Who knows? I don't know. Probably not. Check out We Fucked You Totally Hardcore because we're stupid.gov. And now for the conclusion of the David Angus Show, episode 48 on the Scatcast Network. All right, so we hope you enjoyed post-apocalyptic... I mean, they made it to here, didn't they? They might have fallen asleep or something. I don't know. Whatever. If you made it to here, then you want to hear our top grunge songs of all time. Right, we already told you our number five. I gave you the grunt truck. And I said Stone Temple Pilots. Dave's a mainstream sellout. Whatever, Stone Temple Pilots are badass. Whatever, here's my number four. Okay. Presidents of the United States of America. Yeah. Peace lump. Peace lump. That's one, Dave. Yeah, I always liked that band. They were fun. They didn't fuck around. They're like, we're going to sing about peaches and lumps. And they did. They're my number four. All right, my number four is Temple of the Dog. All right, that's passable for grunge, I guess. It has to be one of the greatest grunge groups and albums of all time. I said it's passable. Come the fuck down. Max, whatever. That's my number four. All right, my number three is Smashing Pumpkins. Fuck yeah, they were on my top ten. Well, they're my number three, Dave. All right, I got that. Today is the greatest day, okay. day I've ever known. Okay. Do, 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 do. Right. So my number three. The world is a vampire, Dave. Right, well, that's stuck in everybody's head now. All right, my number three is Mad Season. That's a band with... Uh, it had members of Alice in Chains, mm-hmm. Pearl Jam, mm-hmm. and Screaming Trees. This is the one that had the, the song that was like... Long, long gone days. days. Mm-hmm. Dave, 
rock shit you gonna do when I punch you in the face, Dave? That was a great band. That was great as my number two. You ready for it? Sure. Silverchair, Dave. Oh, yeah, I love Silverchair. Daniel Jones, Dave. I know who Silverchair was. Fun fact, lead singer of that band wrote their hit album, Frog Stomp, when he was three and a half years old, Dave. He wasn't three and a half. Yeah. I think he was like 15, maybe. 15 trimesters. Right, well, my number two is Alice in Chains. Mainstream shell, Dave. What the fuck ever? Love Jerry Cantrell, love Lane Staley. All right, it's number one time. You ready? I guess. Nirvana, Dave. Duh. I've never even heard you listen to Nirvana. I did back in the day. What are you talking about? I never listened to Nirvana. I heard you listen to Grunt Truck like a week ago, but I've not heard you listen to Nirvana since high school. They invented the genre, Dave. I don't know if they invented it, but they mainstreamed it. That's as mainstream as mainstream gets, bud. Now they're still pretty underground, I'd say. Yikes. All right, my number one grunge band of all time is Mother Love Bone, tied with Pearl Jam. There you go. You can't do a tie. Fuck you. We do ties all the time. Mother Love Bone. Come on, man. What? Members of Pearl Jam with Landrew Wood. Nobody knows that shit. Crown of Thorns, Chloe Dancer. This is Shangri-La. Come on. Now, come on your face. Whatever. Right. Well, I also love Soundgarden. I love all that era. Calm down, Dave. All right, all right. Whatever. I hate doing these with you. You're just an ass. Well, you're going to go off and list like 20 bands. Fuck yeah. I love Days of the New and Primus. Jane's Addiction was pretty cool. Fishbone was rad. The Breeders, L7. Piss off, Dave. I love the band Live. Remember the band Live? All right, here we go. Remember Veruca Salt? Remember the Cranberries? Remember the Cranberries? I remember Cranberries. Collective Soul had a bunch of fun songs. All right, thanks for listening to our show. Bush, the Foo Fighters are grunge for fuck's sake. Thanks to the trusted Turt Triad, Don. Remember the Crash Test Dummies? Chris. Fucking Mud Honey. And Bodie. I mean, the Pixies kind of started grunge. Also to the Godhead in the Garbage Disposal. You ever hear Full Devil Jacket? Mrs. Scriptkeeper hasn't yelled at me for a couple weeks. Thank you. Obviously, Soundgarden and Nirvana and Pearl Jam are great. Info at skycast.com is how to get a hold of us. I like the band Cake. Patreon is pretty nice. Makes Zach happy. Did I say Bush? I liked Bush. It's the well, we've got some things to say about some shit. We'll sing some songs, do interviews, and pee against the wind. It's the I'm Bing, bong. I feel like Alanis Morissette was grunge and she was great. Yeah, never mind the ride today. I'm going to walk home. Whatever.